Well, hey, everybody, welcome to church. <laughs> and welcome to week two of a series that we've called Home Improvement. I'm so glad you've joined us this weekend at all of our locations here in the room in Newark, but I also want to show some love to our church family at our Hokesson location and everyone at our online location. Newark, will you help me say hello to our church family? I love all of you wherever you are gathering and wherever, wherever you're gathering from. We're glad you're here. If you're joining us for the first time at any of our locations, we're talking about family during this series. And here's what I know. The truth is very few of our families could be considered normal, right? Like what even is normal? Uh, all of us have someone weird in our family. And if your immediate response is, not my family, I don't have anyone weird. <laughs> think about that. Think about that. And then the truth is as well, there's more than one kind of family. So when we use that word, uh, it has a lot of meanings for a lot of us. There's our birth family, but there may be our adopted family, people who become like family to us. The, the connection is so close for all of us who are followers of Jesus. There's our church family. We're going to talk a little bit about that uh, next weekend and what that really means, kind of that picture in the Bible of being uh, God's family. So we're really talking about our most important relationships, whatever they look like now and wherever we are spiritually right now. So whatever you believe about God and church, maybe you're kind of kicking the tires, trying to figure out uh, what your life could look like if it had more of a spiritual reality to it. Maybe you're a devoted follower of Jesus and you're all in, you just want to grow. Maybe you're somewhere in between. But the question during this series is, with our closest relationships, how can we improve them? Uh, and I think all of us want that. I don't think any of us go, you know what, I want the worst relationships ever for the rest of my life. Like None of us desire that, but we, we don't always know how to go about this. So we're doing this series even though the guy speaking to you right now uh, has a lot of growing to do when it comes to building or fixing physical things around my home. So we talked about this last weekend, uh, if you know, you know, and uh, we had a little bit of fun with that, but a lot of us can relate when it comes to healthy relationships. We're not sure how to build one. We're not sure how to fix one when it breaks. So last week we talked about why this matters and where to start with a growing relationship with God. If you missed the first message of the series, I strongly encourage you to go back, watch that on our website or app or YouTube channel, just get caught up to speed with it because it really sets the stage for the whole series. And this weekend, we're going to talk about how. We're going to talk about the skills that we need to thrive in our relationships. And here's what you need to know as we get ready to jump in. First of all, I'm gonna be pretty direct. Chances are good. Uh, you might not like some things that I'm about to say. And uh, I might not like some things that I'm about to say. So I am talking to the guy in the mirror, first and foremost. Uh, but there's also gonna be a temptation along the way for you to really like some stuff I'm about to say and uh, think about the person in your life that needs to hear it with a little bit of an edge. And so I wanna encourage you, Think about yourself over the next uh, few minutes. And then the last thing is I cut 7,000 words from this message. <laughs> so clearly, we're coming back to this in the future, just so you know. So I say that because I cannot possibly cover this in 35 minutes in a way that's going to answer all the questions or deal with all this. So if I mess something up, we're coming back. In another series, it's coming back. All right. Everybody good? Let's jump in. Here's the verse from the Bible I want to use to set this up. Very simple verse, and it says this, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. As iron sharpens iron, 
So a friend sharpens a friend. And of course, this is talking about friendship, which can be a very close relationship. But I think we can just as easily say, so a family member sharpens a family member, or a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or a spouse, a spouse, or a parent, a kid, or a kid, their parent, and so on. We are in each other's lives to sharpen each other. Not to be sharp with each other, that's a different thing, but to sharpen each other, to add value to each other. So if you are in a relationship with me, your life should, over the long haul, get better as a result of being in a relationship with me. And if I'm in a relationship with you, my life should, over the long haul, it's going to have ups and downs, but get better because I'm in a relationship with you. So that's how it should work. That's the purpose of relationships. Now, to illustrate this, I brought a battery today. And even though I'm not handy, I did learn as a teenager how to jumpstart a car battery, which came in handy many times because I owned a $950 Chevrolet Cavalier, just so you know. So it, uh, so it was a handy skill to have. But recently, my, my daughter, her car, the battery died in her car. She didn't use it for a while. She was away at college. And uh, I forgot to start it up and, you know, take it. And so the battery died. And so uh, her friend happened to be over and I thought, man, what a great opportunity. I'm not going to take care of this situation for her. I'm going to teach her how to do it. Teach her how to jumpstart her car and I'm going to teach her friend while we're at it because, you know, that's what friends are for. So I had the friend pull into the driveway with her car and park next to my daughter's car. I was like, all right, we're going to jumpstart the batteries and we opened the hoods. And they, I mean, it was pretty hilarious. I don't think they even knew cars had batteries. They were like, you know, they were, they were kind of like, you mean that metal thing on the front opens up? It's like, yeah, there's important stuff in there. It's amazing. So... Oh, we opened them up and I got the jumper cables and I hooked up. I was like, okay, this is when you connect first. This is how you do it. And I showed them how to jumpstart the car. And at first they were petrified. They were going to get electrocuted to death in the driveway. I was like, that's not going to happen. Everything's going to be okay. And then when my daughter uh, started her car and it, the engine turned over, it's like, ah! and I was like, I know nobody else knows how to do this except your dad. It's a pretty amazing thing. <laughs> I'm kind of awesome. It's what I've been telling you for two decades. I'm kind of like the best dad ever. So now once the battery got jump-started and it was now charging properly again, it could do what it was designed to do and the car could run. Everything could do what it was supposed to do. Healthy people, listen, who know how to sharpen, add value to others and how to be sharpened by, how to receive value from others because both are important. They are like fully charged batteries. Healthy people are like fully charged batteries. Why? Because first, what they do is they accept the fact that life has positives and negatives. So, yeah, it's really, that's what healthy people do. Say, so why is that important? Because a lot of people fall into one trap or the other. Like, life is only supposed to be good. When it's not good, life is over. And other people are like, no, life is only supposed to be bad. I don't know how to experience joy or pleasure or happiness. I only know how to be negative. Healthy people know life is both. It's often both at the same time. Parts of it are good. Parts of it are not good. That's just the way life works. But secondly, very important, healthy people know that a battery on its own can do nothing. This battery is not doing anything right now. It's just looking, it's just looking pretty. It's not even doing that very well, to be honest with you. It's just, it really doesn't, it's not adding value to anyone, it's just sitting there. And healthy people understand that like batteries, you and I are the same way, we have to be connected to something to create a circuit 
that allows power to flow. And that something is relationships. That's how we were designed. We were created. You and I were created like batteries to only be effective in life when we are connected, when we are hooked up to other people in a way that allows the power to flow, the good things to flow, even the difficult things to flow. That's the way we were designed. So how do healthy people do this? How do healthy people connect in relationships? One of the most important skills we're going to talk about today is having boundaries. How many of us have heard of boundaries? Just by a show of hands, all of our locations, show of hands. Some of you are like, I'm not raising my hand because I have a boundary about that. I just don't do that. It's, it's not my thing. So I respect that. Uh, but boundaries are a very important skill. And there's a, a whole series of books about boundaries by a couple of doctors, Henry Cloud, John Townsend. Highly re recommend all of them. They're great. But boundaries are essentially learning how to become a mature person and handle the positives and negatives of relationships well. That's really how I view boundaries. So I want to give you three boundaries skills. And again, there's so much I can't cover, but I want to give you three of them in the form of I statements that if we'll embrace them and live them out, they can help us become healthy people who eventually have healthy relationships. So if you're taking notes, jot these down. Here's the first one. I take responsibility for my emotions and decisions, all of them. I take responsibility for my emotions and decisions, all of them. This is the principle of ownership. So healthy people approach relationships like this. I am fully responsible for my emotions and decisions, and you are fully responsible for your emotions and decisions. So I take ownership of the positive parts of my life and personality and of the negative parts of my life and personality because we all have both. We all have some things about us that are pretty good, and we all have some things about us that are not so good, right? And we're a work in progress. It's not that healthy people don't have negatives. It's that healthy people take responsibility for their negatives. They take ownership. I'll give you an example. Sometimes my wife Susie will ask after a couple of cranky moments or days, why are you acting so irritable? And I might say, because I have a lot on my plate. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> I don't ever say that, but <laughs> in my worst moments, it's what I mean. It's what all of us mean when we <laughs> say stuff like that. <laughs> so <laughs> it's terrible. It's really terrible. Or I might say, because I'm really tired. Or because you are not paying attention to what I'm going through. Now, all of those things may be true, except for being a big deal. All those things may be true, but if I'm a mature person who knows how to sharpen others and be sharpened by others, I recognize none of those are the real reason I'm acting irritably. The real reason, are you ready? The real reason that I am irritable when I am irritable and I act irritable, the real reason is because I choose to. It is not my job's fault. It is not Susie's fault. It's not the economy's fault. It's not my neighbor's fault. It's not traffic's fault. It's not even Nick Sirianni's fault. <laughs> Some Sundays it might be his fault, but it's not. I'm choosing. Other people may act, of course, in ways that leave me feeling angry or sad or happy or safe or not safe, but nobody can make me punch a wall or pout or give you the silent treatment or lash out. No one can make me give up on life or be fulfilled by life. 
Those are choices only I can make. Those are my decisions because God has created me and empowered me to have the capacity to manage the positives and negatives of my own life, take responsibility for my emotions and decisions, and that's what healthy people do and understand. I'm responsible. Everybody tracking with me? Now, apply that to any area. Why are you drinking so much? Why are you losing your temper so often? Why are you late so persistently? Why do you withdraw from your family so frequently? Well, because my classes are hard, or my job is stressful, or I don't have enough time, or I can't help it, I'm forgetful, or other people around me aren't pulling their weight. No. Exactly the response I anticipated. (laughs) Why are all those things happening on a regular basis? Because we are choosing them. And now some of you are like, hey, you actually can make me punch you, and I'm about to. (laughs) And uh, I feel you. I know. Because some of you are going, are you saying that my classes or my job or my schedule or my forgetfulness or my people problems aren't real, man? Because we'll have words. (laughs) And the answer is no. I'm not saying any of that. We might have the hardest classes, the most demanding jobs, the busiest schedules, the most dysfunctional people in the world around us on a regular basis. And all of that may have a massive impact on us, but that is not why we repeatedly do healthy or unhealthy things. We repeatedly do healthy or unhealthy things because we choose to. And our classes, our our job, our schedule, the people around us, the people we're related to, go to school with, go to work with, Those people cannot make those decisions for us. Those are choices only we can make and choices only we can stop making. Now, those are negative examples, but the good news is it's true on a positive level as well. And this is so empowering. Why are you taking the high road and refusing to lash out, even though anyone around you could say, hey, they did you wrong, you have the right to get revenge. Why are you you not doing that? Because I choose to be a healthy person. I'm empowered. I have the ability to choose. Why are you being so patient with your kids? Because I choose to. Why are you addressing over drinking or overeating or over strolling? Because I choose to. That's so empowering. Healthy people don't wait for their circumstances or other people around them to change before they change. They take responsibility for their emotions and decisions. All of them. You know what that is? That's a home improvement skill. I promise you, just go home and start taking responsibility for all of your emotions and decisions. And after everybody in your family has passed out, resuscitate them and then tell them, you're getting a new me. (laughs) Now, if you're feeling a little uncomfortable, uh, let me be very clear. I am not suggesting healthy people don't have issues. We, I have issues, just so you know. You've already heard about some of them in the past few minutes. Stick around, I'll share more. I'm a, I'm a sharer. <laughs> we all have issues. My pastor always says, if, if you don't think you have issues, that's your issue. <laughs> so we all have issues, but healthy people take responsibility for their issues, for the positives and negatives of life because they know that's what creates a current of health in the relationship is ownership and responsibility. And then healthy people work to grow and change regardless of circumstances or the behaviors of other people 
around them. And that's the first step toward becoming a person who succeeds in relationships, who sharpens others and is sharpened by others. We cannot make progress in our relationships as long as we are convinced that some circumstance or other person is responsible for who we are becoming. We must receive the empowerment of God and recognize that we are responsible. All right, how we doing? You ready for another one? Or would you like me to pray and dismiss? I mean, it's... (laughs) Let's do another one. All right. I respect the law of planting and harvesting. This is a boundary skill. I respect the law of planting and harvesting. What does that mean? It has nothing to do with farming. But here's what it means. Healthy people understand that not only are we responsible for our emotions and decisions, but that the way we act based on our emotions and the decisions we make have consequences, positive or negative especially in our relationships. So when it comes to planting and harvesting, it means that what grows over time, what shows up in the gardens of our relationships, is directly related to what we planted, good or bad. So if we try to avoid consequences, if if we're immature, unhealthy, we want to make bad decisions, we want to mishandle our emotions, but then we don't want to face consequences. And if we do that, or if we always shield the people we're in relationships with from having to face the consequences of their poor decisions, then what's happening is the battery's dying. And soon the current of health will disappear and the relationship will break down on the side of the road. All you need is at least one person to try to escape the consequences of their bad decisions, coupled with one person who is happy to enable the escape, and I'm telling you, you've got a relationship on the side of the road. We're calling for a tow truck. So the reality is that healthy people understand I am going to harvest what I plant. So what does this mean? Well, the person who chooses career over their spouse consistently for 30 years and then is shocked by the distance or divorce that results does not respect the law of planting and harvesting. I just thought, how could you do this to me? Well, we've had 30 years where you wouldn't take responsibility and I wouldn't step up and have a hard conversation. And now the battery's dead and you can turn the key all you want. It's going to take more than that. The student who agrees to do the dishes every night for three nights but then doesn't follow through yet gets angry when their parent won't give them money to go out with their friends, does not respect the law of planting and harvesting. It's not fair. Actually, it's so fair. There's never been anything fairer. (laughs) Except you moving out. But we're not going to do that because we love you. So it's very fair. It's so fair. (laughs) I love you, students. The girlfriend who jokes all the time with her friends about the dumb things her boyfriend does and then is shocked when he begins to withdraw emotionally, does not respect the law of planting and harvesting. I don't understand how I could plant so much disrespect and then harvest withdrawal. Well, it's actually very, very normal. Now, if that seems harsh, please understand the law of planting and harvesting does not have an opinion. It doesn't make value judgments. The law of planting and harvesting is just a law. So it says if you plant beans, you get beans. And you can go out and look at the beans and go, I don't understand how 
this could have happened? And the law says, I do. I, you you plant, planted them, so they grew. Doesn't have an opinion. It just says that we will get what we plant. You say, okay, this is good. Some of you are like, all right, show me the Bible. So glad you asked. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will every once in a while, occasionally, unless you're a big deal, harvest what you plant. How often? You will, you will always harvest what you plant. Now, let me just take a moment here and say, best news any of you have ever heard, if you have planted a lot of wrong decisions and had selfish motives and made mistakes like I have in my life, that Jesus said, the bill got too high and the crop got too big, so I'm gonna come give my life so that you don't have to harvest what you plant when it comes to your sins. And he saved us and took our place. Which is really important, it means if you know Jesus, you will never have to pay for your sins, because he already did, and if you don't know Jesus, you really need to decide whether you want him to pay or whether you want to pay. I highly suggest, he's loaded, and I highly suggest you let him pay, okay? So that's the truth the good news about Jesus, but that does not mean the law is not still in operation in our relationships. As long as we live in this life, this law still operates in our relationships. Our sins are paid for, but our decisions still have consequences. That's the truth of God's word. Our positive or negative decisions have consequences. So positive actions and reactions eventually bring positive results to our relationships. Negative actions and reactions eventually bring negative results. And when we respect that, it helps us become healthy people who have healthy relationships. It is healthy to have an appropriate respect for consequences. Did you know that? It's healthy for drivers to have an appropriate respect for consequences. It's, he it's just healthy to recognize this law. And what happens is when we respect this law, especially out of honoring God, then we become honest with ourselves and with others. And we're quick to offer positive praise when someone we're in a relationship with plants good things. And we're also not afraid to have potentially initially negative conversations when someone plants something in the relationship that could threaten the relationship, us or the other person. And again, it's not that healthy people don't mess this up. We all plant good and bad stuff in our relationships. But what sets healthy people and their relationships apart over time is that they consistently uproot and remove negative attitudes and behaviors before they have a chance to grow seven feet tall in the relationship. And they also constantly reinforce and nurture and fertilize healthy attitudes and behaviors in the relationship so that they can grow. Healthy people are always pulling weeds and encouraging good things in the relationship. And you can do that too. You can do that too. In fact, let me pause for a moment and just say, I don't care what your past has looked like by the grace of God, even if your family of origin didn't do this well. You can become a new branch on your family tree who lives in the health and the goodness of God in your relationships. There's hope. There's so much hope. When, when you and I respect this law, things change. And it's hard at first. Most home improvement projects are, at least for me. But there's hope. For me, uh, this has meant learning to have conversations about how the relationship is going. 
positive conversations and sometimes difficult, negative conversations. So I use my marriage again as an example. Uh, If you're not married, um, you may not be able to relate to me being married, but you can definitely relate because the principle applies. That just happens to be the closest relationship in my life. I've been married for 25 years to the same woman, and it's going most days reasonably well. (laughs) It's going really well. And this is my closest relationship. So when Susie and I first got married, we argued a lot, like we were semi-pro. You know what I'm saying? We were, uh, and we did not play by the rules. So here's what I mean. I, when we argued, which was frequently, I would act like a prosecuting attorney. So I would use cold logic coming at a rapid pace to prove her guilt. It's like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm telling you, there's no way. I'm gonna build an impenetrable wall of facts that you just cannot dispute. <laughs> Susie reacted like a cornered fighter, using angry words to lash out. I did get permission to share this. If you're wondering, yes, I did. So I would be like, hey, I have a big vocabulary. I'm going to use it to ruthlessly prove that you're wrong. And Susie responded by saying, oh, yeah? Well, I could take a few words I know you don't like and use them over and over. So there you go. What's up now, you know? What were we doing, both of us? Here's what we're doing. We're trying to win. We're trying to shut each other down, protect ourselves, win. And in the process, we were killing our relationship. So what had to happen for us is we had to take responsibility for our emotions and decisions, all of them. In other words, I had to say, I'm going to change whether Susie changes or not, because she's not in control of who I am. I am in control of who I am. Susie had to say, I am going to change whether Mark stops being a prosecuting attorney or not, because he's not in charge of who I become. I am in charge of who I become by the grace of God. And then we had to decide that we were going to respect the law of planting and harvesting. So we had to get honest with each other. Hey, if we keep doing this, if we keep planting this toxic behavior in our marriage, are we going to like the results five years from now, 10 years from now? And the answer was a resounding no. And we had to admit, if we keep planting this, it's going to destroy our marriage. And then we had to get some people around us that we could trust, that we could grow in friendship with, who encouraged us to become healthy People, and I'm grateful to tell you we have come so far. We started uprooting old ways of reacting, and we started holding each other accountable, and then we were protecting new ways of engaging and affirming each other. We still argue. By the way, at first we were like, you know what the solution is? Never have conflict again. (laughs) And then seven or eight minutes later, we're like, all right, new plan, new plan. (laughs) Clearly the conflict isn't going away. We're going to need to change the way we engage in it. And we've had some arguments recently that were pretty you know, intense in the sense of we disagreed and at the end said, hey, way, way to go. You play by the rules. I feel loved. I feel respected. We, we disagreed. We may disagree on the thing, but no thing is more important to us than each other. I love you. And yeah. So, and then what happened next is none of your business. All right. So here. I think, we, I think we better move on to the uh, healthy people. Respect the law of planting. 
and harvesting. All right, number three, I forgive everyone. I forgive everyone. Here's the last one. And let me on this one say, if you are in the crowd spiritually, so we talked a little bit about this last weekend, meaning if you're, if you're not sure what you believe yet, if you, you're skeptical, you're kind of kicking the tires, you're trying to figure out what does it mean, even mean to be a Christian or to follow Jesus, I want you to know that Jesus invites you into an experience that is a new way of living. It's not like just becoming religious or you know, tacking some spirituality onto your life, but everything else stays the same. It's a new way of living. Everybody tracking with that? Like Jesus says, hey, come live differently when you follow me. And a big part of that is receiving the forgiveness of God. It covers all of our mistakes and our sins and then reproducing that in our relationships, forgiving the people around us. And for all of us who are followers of Jesus, there is another layer to this forgiveness thing. Here's what Jesus says to us. He says, there will always be temptations to sin. So people are always gonna tick us off. There's always gonna be conflict in this life. There are always gonna be reasons to get a bad attitude or to react or to lose our temper, always. Aren't you grateful? <laughs> Jesus is like, guess how long this is gonna continue? Till you die. So it's just, we gotta recognize, it's always gonna be there, positives and negatives. But what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting. So what sorrow awaits the person who not only acts in negative ways, but has a chance to change and stubbornly refuses not to. God says, I'm paying attention. I need you to forgive, but I'm watching the, the other person. And it's, I've got you. Make sense to everybody? So here's the instruction. Watch yourselves. Take responsibility for your emotions and decisions. All of them. And then if another believer sins, and this is context of relationship, if someone you're in relationship with who also follows Jesus, we'll talk in another message another time about when that's not true, but someone you're in a relationship with sins, rebuke that person. Have a hard conversation. This is part of respecting the law of planting and harvesting. There's only one reason to have a hard conversation with someone, and that is because you love them so much you can't stand the thought that their behavior would continue to harm them or the people around them. That's the only motivation. And then if there is repentance, so if they, if they acknowledge they're wrong, forgive them. And then even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks forgiveness, you must forgive. So healthy people forgive everyone. Healthy people recognize that being in relationships with people, being related to them, dating them, giving birth to them, being married to them, being the child of them, being best friends with them, all of those bring the risk of pain. But healthy people respond to the negative experiences in their relationships with the positive current of forgiveness. And for all of us who are followers of Jesus, we know that this is the way we're called to live because we've been forgiven. And there are different kinds of forgiveness. It's gonna help you so much if you get it because I think people really struggle with this. There are different kinds of forgiveness. The best kind of forgiveness, the kind that is always Jesus' goal, is the kind that leads to a restored relationship. That's always Jesus' goal. And so that's why he says, hey, watch yourselves. When someone sins against you, make, be very careful because what could happen is you could get bitter, you can get mad. It could be a very real offense, but then you could get sucked into reacting in an unhealthy way, and now we got two sins. 
And we don't need to. You could watch yourself and take responsibility for your own emotions and decisions and respect the law of planting and harvesting. And then he calls us to have hard conversations with people and hopefully they respond well and we forgive them. But Jesus also knows we can't take responsibility for what other people do. And there are times when he calls us to forgive as he does right here, the other person, when they confess, when they repent, when they apologize, show a genuine desire to change. So for some of us, we go, okay, does that mean there's a loophole? Does that mean I'm off the hook if they don't apologize, like if they're still being a jerk? Do I still have to forgive them? And the answer is absolutely, because healthy people forgive everyone. And the goal is always restored relationship. But if the other person is not receptive, if they don't ask for forgiveness, if they don't express a desire to change, a healthy person still forgives. They recognize that I cannot control the restoration of the relationship. That takes two. But I am still responsible for my emotions and decisions, all of them. And I still respect the law of planting and harvesting. So I'm gonna take responsibility for my emotions and decisions and I refuse to plant unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, retaliation, holding a grudge because I don't want to harvest that in my life. So I'm gonna forgive and I'm gonna trust the outcome to God. Okay, so healthy people are like a battery. They handle the negative and positive parts of life and relationships with humility, honesty, and forgiveness. And by the way, if you're 17 years old, 27, 37, 67, 97, this applies. Healthy people are not perfect, but they take responsibility for their emotions and decisions. They respect the law of planting and harvesting, and they forgive everyone. So, if you were to ask me today, Mark, I want my life to be healthy. I want my relationships to get better. I want them to improve. What's the best way you know to be in an environment where this is likely to be the fruit of my life, where I, I become healthier and I have better relationships? Then I would say, this is my answer, do life consistently with a few other people going the same direction you are spiritually and relationally. And there is nothing else I know that even comes close to the power of that in our lives. Why? Because connecting in relationships is what healthy people do. And it's what people who want to become healthier do. And none of us are. If you're like, well, I don't know if I'm qualified I'm not as healthy as I want to be, but I want to be healthy, then you qualify. It's the desire to change that really is the beginning of health. And healthy people connect in relationships. And when you have God in your life and a few other people around you to sharpen you like iron sharpens iron and you begin to sharpen them like iron sharpens iron, when you're in value-adding environments, and environments where you have an opportunity to add and receive value, it changes everything. You become a fully charged battery and your relationship.
relationships have a much better shot at succeeding. So join a J group today. It's Connect Weekend. We have over 150 groups to choose from. And there's nothing else I know that even comes close to the power of a consistent environment where you're around some people who are also seeking to become healthy. So if you're not sure where to start, we'll help you find a group. You can go to the cafe at our physical locations and someone will help you find a group that's a good fit for you. If you're online, you can fill in an interest form and someone will connect with you to help you find a group. You can, if you're ready, find a group today, join it on our website or app. Just get connected this fall because it's what healthy people do. So if you would say today, week two of the series, you know what? I received this into my life. I want to become a healthier person. I want to have healthier relationships by the grace of God. And I'd love for you to pray for me. If you would say that today, would you just shoot your hand up? Hold it up all over the room here in Newark, Hocassin. Hold that hand up high online. Stretch that hand up toward God. And let me pray for us. Father, we love and honor you today. God, I'm grateful. I can feel it right now just in the room. And I'm sure it's true everywhere people are gathering, God, that we can just sense your presence and that you desire this for us. You've shown us the value, the why, and you're teaching us the how. God, bless our relationships. Bless our homes. Bless our friendships. Bless our relationships with our parents and with our children and with our spouses and our fiancés and God, our brothers and sisters. God, bless our relationships with our exes and the parents who have passed away that never asked for forgiveness. Bless us that we would become healthy and whole even in the midst of negatives. See your hand at work in our lives. We give you the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to take one moment more as I always do. And just speak to any of us in one of our rooms or watching online that you don't know God yet for yourself. God created you for relationships. And the most important, the first relationship he created you for is a relationship with him. God wants you to know him. That's his biggest desire for you. And you can know him. And when you know God, it actually creates a foundation for all of your other relationships. How you see yourself, how you see people around you, how you navigate your emotions and decisions. And if you want that today, if you want to put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and get into a relationship with God, Jesus said it this way, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you want to know God, today can be your day that you trust your life to Jesus. I'm going to lead us in prayer again, and if that's you, this is your moment, your opportunity, all over the room, here in Newark, Hocus, and online, if that's you, whisper out a prayer of faith, something like this, Jesus, today, I believe in you. I believe you died to forgive my sins. I believe you rose again. And from this moment on, I'm gonna follow you. And if you would say, I wanna be included in that prayer, I'm putting my faith in Jesus today. Will you lift your hand and just hold it up high, boldly, come on, all over the room, yeah, just hold it up, yes. Putting my faith in Jesus today, trusting him with my life. And Hokesson, let us know. Online, you can type the word faith in the comments. And then everybody, will you help me? Come on, let's give Jesus all the praise and all the thanks.